Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. This is the AC Report. time for our weekly look at one of the most interesting cities in one of the most interesting states in one of the most interesting countries in all the world. Our weekly look at what's happening in Atlantic City. Now, you're used to, in this segment, hearing about the gambling of Atlantic City or the entertainment or the politics or the shows or the sports or any number of recreational activities or the restaurants. But one thing that maybe we've been negligent over the last year and a half in covering is the incredible contribution to higher education and academia that Atlantic City has made, particularly over the course of the last four years. I'm talking about Stockton University, and it's interesting. A couple of weeks ago, you know in those sitcoms where they have a laugh track and you hear people laughing and you hear people go, ooh, when folks are uh, doing something exciting. You know the sound that the collective studio audience would make when something sad would happen or unfortunate or mushing or mushy, and they would sort of collectively go, ah. Such was the case throughout South Jersey a couple of weeks ago when it was announced that Dr. Harvey Kesselman, the president of Stockton University, the fifth president of Stockton in its entire history, was leaving next year. So I thought, since uh, Dr. Kesselman announced that he is moving on, why not take this opportunity to talk a little bit about where Atlantic City fits in with higher education and where Stockton fits in within the Atlantic City community. And uh, we want to talk to Dr. Kesselman before we go. So I'm very, very pleased to be joined by Dr. Harvey Kesselman, the fifth president of Stockton University, who recently announced his forthcoming retirement. Dr. Kesselman, thanks for joining me. Thank you, Frank, and it's a pleasure to be on your show, and I can't 
thank you enough for your coverage of Atlantic City and your commitment to the city. Um, and I'm excited to, to, to be able to share some of my experiences with you tonight. Well, wonderful. We're, we're excited, too. Now, one thing that people may not know about you is that you actually attended Stockton. It wasn't Stockton University at the time, but you were one of the early students at, at Stockton. What's it like to become president of the school that you attended? It's amazing. And you don't think about it. Actually, I was in the very first class that opened up, ironically, um, at the Mayflower Hotel on the boardwalk in Atlantic City at St. St. James in Tennessee. It's no longer there now uh, because the Galloway campus wasn't ready when we began back in 1971. And I'm pretty sure I'm the only person who was ever in the first class of the university <laughs> to become its president. There are many there are many presidents who are alumni of their university, but not in the very first class. And of course, when I began back in 1971, you know, 50 years ago now, um, uh, who who would have ever thought that some, you know, 40-some years later, you would become its president. And and I spent my entire career here, um, and it's been a magnificent journey. And I started it, you know, as a tutor uh, and worked my way up through the organization. And it was, uh, it's been an incredible ride. So I've, I've been able to literally watch every single building on the campus um, from in Galloway. And of course, under my uh, my presidency, the, 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 the huge expansion in Atlantic City, as well as several, several other buildings on the Galloway campus campus. So it's been it's been incredible. Um, I've served virtually every leadership position. I was the provost and executive vice president prior to being the president, the vice president for administration and finance of student affairs. Every time I wanted, it's funny, I, I most people who become a president usually have to go from one university to another to another. Being part of Stockton, it's almost been like different universities over, over its 50 mm. years because we've constantly been growing. There was only a thousand students and 50 faculty and staff when we opened up. Yeah. And now we're, yep. I know so that I, huge. I know that class that you attended uh, back in 1971, as you mentioned, uh, you were housed at the Mayflower Hotel, and they call it the Mayflower class. Now, for people that are familiar with Atlantic City, where was the Mayflower exactly? What's there now? Okay, well, that it would be called the Orange Loop now. Ah. St. James in Tennessee, right in that area there, near the Irish Pub. It's like, uh, it, and it was it was literally on the boardwalk. Um, this was pre-casino Atlantic City, so you have to think about it there. So it was in one of its down modes, um, and we and and it was nearly condemned when we moved in. It was because we weren't supposed to open up there, uh, but it's in a great part of the city now. And for those folks who visit the city, the Orange Loop is really turned around, and there's a lot of exciting things going. Going on there, so for me, uh, it's great to see that happening. And we're down in the Chelsea area, which is closer to the Ventnor side of Atlantic City. For those people who know uh, what Atlantic City, the geography of Atlantic City on Albany Avenue is where our you know our new campus is, and it's a magnificent, magnificent project. Absolutely. There. Now you mentioned that that was pre-casino Atlantic City. Certainly a very different world. But I have to think at the Atlantic and the Atlantic City Boardwalk, even pre-casino, there's still plenty. Of trouble for college students to get into what what was it like to go to college in the early 70s in atlantic city 
It was actually pretty incredible because you had a lot of the clubs were still there, and so and remember the drinking age then was eighteen. It was and so and it was at you know it was at the height of the Vietnam War, uh, and we had a lot of veterans who came to veterans on the GI Bill after they left Vietnam came to Stockton, mm. so, and and our faculty, our original faculty, were were very young, and it, it, and as a result, we had students older older than the faculty, uh, and you know there were, there were all the clubs in the city, uh, and and the, the students. Obviously, we're, we're part of that. We had a great bar in the, in, in the, in the uh, Mayflower called the Mickey Finn Room, uh, and, and people who would be jamming in the city at other parts would pop in at the college and, and jam there because there's a college in town. So it was a pretty exciting time for us, and we were part of this sort of like experiment in higher education where faculty, students, staff all lived in a hotel. Uh, and there was a sense of community that got developed in that first semester that, that, that literally transferred over to when we went into Galloway, you know, in the winter of 1972. Over the last five years, anybody that I talk to in Atlantic City, any elected official, any journalist, any booster of Atlantic City, they talk about the po- when they're trying to put a positive spin on the things that have been happening in Atlantic City, one of the first things they mention is the opening of the new Stockton campus in Atlantic City in the Chelsea area, as you mentioned, in 2018, and the parking garage that sort of came with it. Why did Stockton want to go to Atlantic City or at least expand its footprint in Atlantic City? And how would you describe Atlantic City as a partner with the university? Oh, that's that's a great question, Frank. Um, We were designated in 2016 by the state of New Jersey as an anchor institution. And what that means is that in addition to providing educational opportunities for as many, you know, New Jersey and, and regional now, because we draw from, you know, outside of New Jersey, because quite frankly, because of the Atlantic City, um, designated anchor institution, which means that in addition to providing higher education to students and the like, it also should be an economic driver for the region. And we wanted to go in there, and we were committed because we're, we're, we're classified as a community-engaged institution, meaning that we have a genuine commitment to help the surrounding areas and be part of the community and at, as an institution as part of our mission. And as a result, when and we decided, okay, and working in close conjunction with, you know, we got tremendous support from the New Jersey legislature, uh, from from county officials, local officials, um, ent- entities like AC, you know, Development Corporation, uh, to to join a, you know, a partnership to begin to build a project in an area that was vacant. We built on all vacant lots. We didn't displace people to build in the city. And and when we began building uh, the project, which was initially phase one, there's going to be at least three, maybe four phases uh, where we, we've complete, obviously we opened up phase one, as you said, 2018, and we're, we'll open up phase two towards the end of my tenure as president. And um, part this, this $250 million project, if you count it on, which is in, partnering with South Jersey Industries. We have Atlantic Care as a tenant in, in one of our buildings. With all of these entities as an anchor, you basically most, – most cities that are part of a renaissance – Okay, need need both a hospital and an institution of higher education to be to make that happen. Think of a mall. Well, think of the old-fashioned malls, mm. where at one end was the Macy's, at the other end was the Sears, and then everything else builds between. That's the concept of Atlantic Care in part of the city, Stockton in another part of the city, and everything in between will begin to build. When we started building, Frank, that was the first. 
you know, new steel that went up in over a decade. Wow. When we saw, yeah, new steel. And, you know, initially, if you recall, you know, um, the, my predecessor's concept was to, they had purchased the casino that ultimately could not, uh, that I, I actually had to sell because we, we had, there were competing covenants. But that was a pre-existing building. And that really would never have been like a, a, a true university feel to it. So what we wanted to do was to build horizontally, not vertically, build, find pockets of land where there was enough vacant land that we could make a real imprint and begin to change the whole neighborhood without the neighborhood losing its identity. Because what you don't want to do is displace all the people in the neighborhood. What you want to do is work with the people in the neighborhood and uh, provide them the kinds of not only educational opportunity, but the cultural opportunities. Mm. I mean, we were part of the founding of what's called 48 Blocks, which all the murals throughout the cities and things like that. We have thousands of students working in, in the city from you know working with in in some of the villages like Stanley home villages and what you and I might refer to as projects tutoring students after school and so we've got students working in the city which is part of their education okay as well as we're learning from the city we're learning more about you know how communities thrive what are the kinds of things that colleges and universities need to do to uh, you know help advance uh, the city's agenda and the city quite frankly has been incredibly supportive uh, but 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 I don't think there's been an entity that hasn't been. Folks like you, the media has given us great coverage, uh, and and um, you know uh, we're thrilled to be able to do this and be part of something that is so transformative. And I think that's what we need to do. Absolutely, uh, that it, it really model for a lot of other sta- cities as well that have had some tough times. Uh, talking with Dr. Harvey Kesselman, the outgoing president of uh, Stockton University. Now, Atlantic City is not without its challenges for adults. I can't imagine what it's like for, for young people to be so close to so many vices. We all know that any college, you take uh, in a, the most Puritan uh, the location in the world, and there's going to be uh, students that find a way to get beer. In Atlantic City, you're you're close to a lot of alcohol establishments. You're close to a lot of gambling establishments. Uh, there's certainly a, a ready supply of marijuana, a lot of other vices. Does being the president of a college that has a, has dorms in Atlantic City and that's so close to, in proximity to so many different vices, does that present some unique challenges to you that other college presidents might not have to deal with? You know, that, again, again I, that was my greatest concern, obviously, when we moved into, you know, when we decided to move into that direction. But one of the things I have to be I have to really applaud the casino CEOs because I met with every single one of them, and we formed as part of our 11th Institute for Gaming, Hospitality, and Tourism, and we talked about that. And they have not; they have been terrific working with to ensure that our students do not, you know, illegally enter and things of that nature. And in fact, many of our students have been employed at casinos. By the way, even before we were in Atlantic City in, on our Galloway campus, many, many of them, in fact, during the 70s uh, and and 80s. When the casinos opened, there was not a sufficiently large workforce in our area, and they really poached many of our students to come over. They became, you know, they ultimately became CEOs. At one point, I think there were six Stockton graduates that were the CEOs of casinos in Atlantic City. So we've always had students who have been, you know, 
near, uh, certainly near Atlantic City, have participated in one certainly of age in, you know, in the activities in Atlantic City. Uh, we have, you know, we, many programs that dealt with gambling and drugs and all the, all the kinds of things that other universities have. And we've never, and we have a great security force. Uh, the chief of police of Atlantic City is a Stockton grad. So we have a great relationship with the police. And there's been a great I don't. Even, I, I, I want to say that the city has embraced the college and university. It's almost like let you know, leave these young people alone. We want Stockton in our city. Uh, we're not going to exploit those young people. And I, and I think uh, many of my fears, and and certainly I was concerned that parents would be afraid. And, and that it's the most popular housing we have. Quite frankly, knock on wood, it's the, it's as safe as it is in Galloway. We've not no real incidents there since we've opened up. So you know. We, we, we think it's working well. And remember, we are as far away from the casinos as you can be mm. in Atlantic City because we're in the southern – well, the Ventnor side. And the first you – the know, closest casino is the Trop. Uh, and that's, that's several blocks away. And even though that seems like it's not far, you know, students can get there if they want to get there from Galloway or from uh, Atlantic City. And, and let me tell you something else. There are college kids from throughout New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, and Delaware that are in Atlantic City. Oh, we no. know that. Absolutely. That's for sure. I, I was one of them. Now, um, talk, talk with Dr. Harvey. And we're happy you were, Frank. <laughs> talk with Dr. Harvey Kesselman. Something that's not necessarily unique to your school, but I think a lot of New York and New Jersey college presidents are dealing with, is the legalization of recreational marijuana. A lot of mm-hmm. us remember uh, Sergeant Joe Friday in Dragnet uh, saying, Marijuana is the flame. Heroin is the fuse. LSD is the bomb. And I'm wondering, what, what does that mean for or maybe your successor and other college counterpart, college president counterparts in the area that New Jersey and New York are moving towards um, legalized recreational marijuana. Are, is that something you're fearful of as a as a an educator and a college leader? Well, yes and no. I'm I, I'm not so fearful. There's always been, and you know, if, if if a college or university president is is being totally candid. There is alcohol and marijuana use on their campuses long before they were legal, okay? So that, that to, 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 to pretend that that doesn't happen is a mistake. What you do is, is you know, you have to be of age, okay? That's number one. NCAA, uh, you have an NCAA, your, your athletes are, are still under NCAA uh, requirements. So it's not as rampant as you would think. Clearly, there's more, I would say there's probably more marijuana use Openly over overage, not in in the apartments because you're not allowed to smoke in the apartments and things in the dormitories. Actually, they almost should be called condos. The one in Atlantic City, they're so beautiful. But but so they're not allowed to, to do that, you know, inside. So outside, you know, it happens. And and, and you know, just like the, uh, this past weekend, there was you know ninety thousand people were at the fish concerts over the weekend, and these weren't Stockton folks. And you know, clearly there was you know <laughs> recreational marijuana use. So I don't think I don't think you can avoid it. What you want to make sure is that you have drug awareness programs, that you have um, uh, safe houses for kids who might who might be experiencing those kinds of situations. Uh, I do think there's less drinking going on as a result of the legalization of marijuana. So I mean, there could be hmm. you know, and so 
you, you, you have all the preventative programs, you have all the support programs, and you just deal with the realities of society. You have no other alternative uh, as a college or university president. So we have to adapt to a, you know, to a changing legal environment. You, you mentioned the dorms in Atlantic City. I know the second phase is under construction. From what I've heard from people that have seen them, these aren't dorms. They're more like what you described, the equivalent of condominiums with an oceanfront beach view. Is that one of the is that one of the selling points to prospective students and their parents is the extravagance of these dorms? Oh, there is no question about it. In fact, we you know, when we first opened, you always worry when you you open up the, the phase one was five hundred and thirty three beds. That's a that's a large structure, okay? And so 533 beds, it's 220,000 square feet, residential center on the boardwalk, and you worry, are we going to fill this thing? Okay, we were filled within five hours. I mean, and, and by the seniors, the seniors and juniors just jumped on it. And, and uh, we have shovels that run between Galloway and Atlantic City from 6.30 in the morning to midnight, or, you know, all, certainly during the academic year, seven days a week. And what happens is because students take their courses in both places, but if they're living in Atlantic City, we wanted to give them access to both Galloway and Atlantic City courses and the like. And so, yes, I, I, we have parents who come down. It's funny when we have the open house programs and things of that nature where parents come down uh, who are looking to come come to uh, uh, to college, their kids to come to college. And when they see the when they see the condo, I call them condos, the residence halls in Atlantic City, it's funny. They'll come up to me and say, you know what, I'm going to send my kid home on a weekend. I'm staying here. So, I mean, it, and, and they realize how <laughs> clean, safe, it's an incredibly safe, well-secure uh, building, and um, it's aesthetically pleasing, and there are, it's really made to, uh, to, to uh, create a sense of community. And I think that's, what, I think that's what's happened. So um, it's very, very popular, uh, and, and it's also anything we do in Atlantic City, and, and people, and I, I've said this when we were, you know, seeking funding, that, um, you know, when you leave the state, and you know this, Frank, because, I mean, you're, you're, in, you're in the New York area. When you leave this state, I always say, and you go anywhere else, when you look up a weather forecast in New Jersey, Atlantic City is a, is a city that pops out. You, oh, yeah. not, not Patterson, not Trenton. It's Atlantic City. And that's because it is internationally known. And our presence there has, you know, I think, added to our national university status that we just received this year, that we now have much more name recognition because that's anything great. you do in Atlantic City gets covered. Absolutely. No. That's great. Hey, so it's clear to anybody that's listening that you've got a lot of passion for the things you're doing and the things that you've been doing for the last seven years or so as the president. Why are you leaving now? You still seem like you have so much to offer. Well, that's a great question. Well, number one, I turned 71. And, and even though that's new, I mean, what is it, 70s or new 60s and things like that? But I turned 71. It was our 50th anniversary this year. We just got a, you know, a, a perfect middle states reaccreditation. Um, we, we are you know, fiscally very, very sound. We have you know, a, a strong population, uh, uh, you know, a student. In fact, we have the largest number of applications. We have 13 or 14,000 applications this year. Um, I thought at the time was right. I mean, we had excellent reviews from Moody's and Fish. And, you know, I think George Washington got it right. Eight years as president is about <laughs> right. And so I really do. And, and, you know, it's been a great run. And you want to leave on a high note to turn. It, it'll help us attract a great successor because it's a really jewel of a university to take over. So uh, I, I always believe the university gave me my life, quite frankly. And, you know, and as a result, I owe it to leave it on, under the best terms possible. What are you going to do next? 
Any ideas? Well, I'm going to be president emeritus, and um, I am a tenured professor, and I can certainly go back to teach. It's funny that you asked this. Just today, I was offered a not not a per, not a not a uh, what do you call full time position, but a position on on a national organization. I can't publicly announce which one that I have been. You know, I've guest lectured at and things of that nature. So, uh, you know, I. I Pretty good name recognition in the state. I, I'd been chair of the New Jersey Presidents Council, which is all the presidents for the last two years. So um, there'll be a lot of opportunities, and I'll be there available, depending upon the, the new president, at, you know, at his or her discretion. I mean, I mean, you know, total sole discretion to be available if they need me. I mean, I do know Atlantic City. Um, Fifty years in the business, I know you know virtually every legislature, and I, I, that'll try to help open the door for that new president and just stay out of that person's way. I will be. Uh, have an office in Atlantic City, not in the main campus in Galloway, where I, you know, where I am as president, um, uh, because I want to, you know, I want to stay really focused in Atlantic City. I, I love it. And I love the project. Uh, and if I decide to teach, uh, I, you know, in the doctoral program, because it is in, in you know, organizational leadership, and that's my PhD, uh, my my doctoral degree. And I think that if that is the um, that is the case, that's what I'll do. Well, uh, that is uh, is terrific. You mentioned the Levinson Institute for gaming, hospitality, and tourism. Are mm-hmm. there any other unique educational opportunities that having a proximity so close to Atlantic City offers the students that maybe other colleges and universities wouldn't be able to offer their students? Oh, yeah. We've always... That's, that's a really thoughtful question, and, and it doesn't come up that frequently, so thanks. Yeah, obviously, what we've always tried to do, both in the Galloway, and I haven't even talked about that 1,600-acre campus in the middle of the Pinelands National Reserve. We're the only college that has a campus, 1,600 acres, okay? Think about that. With lake streams on the main campus, okay, in a Pinelands, in a national reserve, we have Bayfront property. Our coastal research center is in, you know, the Port Republic area, okay, in, in Bayfront, and now oceanfront property. We're the only college in America that has that. So what we've always tried to do is use our natural resource. So we have always had a strong environmental sciences program. We've always had a strong marine sciences program, a strong oceanography program, a strong hospitality program. So we... Uh, we were the first masters of Holocaust and genocide studies in the United States. So we and we, because we have a strong uh, population of survivors and and their families. So we've tried to use, which ties into what I said at the beginning about an anchor institution. We've tried to use our natural lo- our locations and natural resources as part of our curriculum. And so we have we have a nice footprint in those areas. For example, our coastal research center all along the New Jersey coast, all the way up from Sandy Hook down uh my that coastal research mm. center has dealt with the you know sand replenishment programs and things of that nature for you know 30 40 years now well that's terrific I, i'm going to end with two quasi controversial questions but something tells me you can handle both uh we're on a, a talk station a lot of the shows on here and by extension a lot of the listenership is pretty conservative mm-hmm. and one of the things that's been uh, frustrating for a lot of conservative parents is that they feel like there is not really true free speech on a lot of college campuses there, there's a feeling that if you're a, a conservative uh, student or uh, somebody that uh, differs from where the bulk of the political orientation of the students and maybe even the faculty is at a college that you're treated a little bit differently. How do you balance uh, the needs for freedom of speech with academic and educational freedom? Is that a challenge that you faced in your leadership role? Well, I, I, 
listen, at, at, yeah, most colleges and universities in the United States, the faculty are tech, you know, tend to be more liberal than the general population. There's no question about that. But our student body isn't. Our student, remember, I always tease folks. I said I'm in charge of the bluest entity in the reddest part of the bluest state, and yeah, we're in a highly, you know, re, you know, what I would call conservative Republican area of New Jersey, where we're located. Okay, not necessarily Atlantic City campus, but certainly the Galloway campus. So we draw a lot of what I would say are conservative students who we, we you know, we have clubs for our students who we promote. Uh, we promote uh, that kind of, you know, free speech. We really do. I mean, we've had uh, Gorsuch on the campus, the Supreme Court. We had McGann, uh, you know, uh, Trump's uh, person who was charged and all the who, who led, you know, really selecting all the judiciary for the United States. So I, I think that under the Trump administration, and we've never like heckled a, a speaker off, and we, we've, we've embraced, quite frankly, uh, all points of view. And as a, as a president, I, I, I'm very, very firm on that, that, that everyone's voice needs to be heard. I, I'm committed to that principle, and, and that goes all the way back to the 70s. I'm one of those – you know, I'm from the, that era, the 60s and 70s, where you, you promoted that kind of you know, uh, you know, honest, open, candid kind of discussion. I, I worry on the bigger picture point of view, what you're talking about, I worry about the divisiveness in our country right now, uh, and we do everything we can to you know, uh, promote civil discourse. Uh, um, even to the point where, where – and we've been acknowledged and recognized nationally for that. So uh, I get it. I do understand how parents may feel that way, and I do know that uh, at, at some of the you know, Ivy League schools that get a lot of attention on that issue, uh, it's been some uh, – you know, what I think is horrible things where people have not been allowed to voice their opinion. I don't think it happens as much on uh, state college campuses as it does at some of the uh, more elite public colleges, to be perfectly frank, frank with you. Well, and I'm Frank all the time, so I certainly appreciate you, Frank. <laughs> I'm sorry. Lastly, <laughs> lastly, and then we'll let you get some sleep. Um, okay. You've certainly earned it. Lastly, and this might be the most controversial question I ask, I ask it to everybody that comes on in this segment. If you had to pick, gun to your head, had to pick your absolute favorite restaurant in Atlantic City, what is it? Oh, Cafe 2825, without a doubt. All right, Cafe. You know, they get their bread from Staten Island. My oh, hometown. Of course I know. Were you kidding me? He's closed on Mondays because he goes up there and gets all his food. <laughs> That's good. And, I, and let me say, but I love Knife and Fork. I love Chef Fola. I love Docs. I love them all. But if you say my favorite, I have to tell you, it's Cafe 28. Duly noted. Dr. Harvey Kesselman, uh, the outgoing president of Stockton University. Keep us posted on what you're doing next. And uh, hopefully, even if you are leaving your role as president, you won't be a stranger to this program. Okay. Well, thanks, Frank. Great talking with you. And thanks for covering Atlantic City. We need you, my friend. Thank you.